0: you help me welcome our internet audience? God bless you guys. Peace to your house. Well, you may be seated. You may be seated. I don't know if y'all heard or not, but Meadowbrook Church is now over 25 years old. And uh, yeah, we just had an awesome Sunday and uh, uh, Sunday night. If you weren't able to be with us, I do believe it's on the archives. We just had a tremendous night. Uh, We're out of cupcakes though. If you weren't here, just tough. But uh, just a wonderful, wonderful night of, of worship, of celebration, of sharing, and, and then uh, just fellowshipping together. So it's wonderful. We're thankful. Yeah. But you've got to hear my heart, though. Uh, okay. We've marked it. We've mentioned it. And now we step into a new season. Amen. And I am sensing something in my own prayer time, my own study time, that, that we're stepping in something new. Yeah. And that uh, God is just further helping and preparing and doing something. And so I'm excited about it. Amen. All right. Well, tonight, uh, well, let, let me, one other thing. Uh, Sunday, we'll be finishing up our series, Re-Up, and you'll want to be here for that. And then guys, if you're going to be one of our group leaders, we need a hundred of them. We're pretty close to that, but we need a few more guys uh, to lead. We're putting a thousand men in 100 small groups for five weeks, and that's coming up uh, in September, early September uh, tonight is, is the, your application would be due tonight. So right after service, if you haven't done that, go right out that door. And, uh, we have the small group hub and uh, pastor Sean will meet with you there and get you signed up and get going. You can do it. Yeah. We'll help you. Amen. God will help you. It's too important to not do. And, uh, I've had a number of guys say, I would love to do it, but I don't have a place for a group. We have places for groups. And so we have places here uh, there are restaurants, there are businesses, there are other homes that will host. And then, of course, we've got classrooms and so forth here. And so it's going to be a powerful thing. I said it's going to be a powerful thing. And think about a thousand men and a hundred groups for five weeks, all working on the same thing. The better the man, the better everything else. And so that's an important thing. And everybody else be praying on that as well. Amen. And then yesterday, I had the privilege of being a part of the orientation for uh, the launch of our uh, Southeastern University uh, extension site right here. We've got a, got their own dedicated room and everything, and it was just, a, uh, just awesome. We're starting out with 18 students. Pastor Tom was believing for eight. I was believing for 10. We got 18, so we both got what we wanted there, you know? So, and... Uh, there was a cookout for them last evening, and I went, we dropped by the cookout, and I asked them, how was day one? And they were all like two thumbs up, and just very excited. And this is legit. This is not just a, you know, a little Bible study in, in some back dusty Sunday school room. This is real deal, fully accredited, and we're very excited about uh, such a strong launch. So that's going to be good stuff. Amen? You ready to get into the Word? Yes. Any believers here? Amen. Oh, there they are. There they are. Yeah. The believer bus showed up. Uh, I'd rather be a believer than a doubter. Amen. And uh, But we've got to know what we believe. Right. We've to know why we believe it. And I believe also we need to be able to articulate what you believe. And so this whole year on Wednesday night, we're doing a series called Believe. Everybody say believe. believe. And uh, a powerful thing. We're actually doing systematic theology. And every now and then you're going to watch how some things kind of couple up. And uh, how these truths fortify each other. I think tonight is one of those nights. Uh, and based on some of, the thing, some of the things that we were sharing last week and some of the previous weeks. Um, tonight I want to talk to you about the sinless Christ. The sinless Christ. Um, sometimes if somebody can do something that we can't do. I mean we're so limited and we can't do it. We're, it's hard for us to relate to them. Like they're really good at math or something, you know. Um, If somebody has something or they've experienced something or they've been somewhere that we have no inkling of, it's hard for us to relate to that. And some people have chosen to over the centuries, and then there have been modern writers and even some uh, things in the not-too-distant history uh, talking about the temptations of Jesus and so forth and daring to say that he was... Uh, So natural and he sinned and he did all of this and based on uh, what we believe everybody say I believe believe. you need to go back to the beginning because we started the whole foundation of what we believe is the inerrancy the infallibility the authority of God's word and it is so important that we understand this Uh, and so there have been people to write and suggest and some even teach and there's some liberal Uh, seminaries that would even suggest that no, no, he sinned, he sinned. And, you know, adding fiction and novel and all kinds of things in there, supposing things. And um, I just think that's dangerous ground. And so tonight we want to look at scripture. That's our authority. And uh, your salvation rests on what I, what I share with you tonight. And uh, so we believe in the sinless Christ. Last week, does anybody remember our, our topic, what we called that? Anybody remember? Ha. Hypostatic union. Hypostatic union. I'll just give you the brief on this. The Jesus, fully divine and fully human, yet without sin. He wasn't 50-50, he wasn't 70-30, he was 100-100. And you have to go back and here and go back over what we talked about. But get this, Jesus, eternally, fully God, put on flesh at the incarnation. He took on not just skin, he took on a full human nature. Emotions, will, intellect, a body. He took on all of, all of those things. And he was fully god Fully man or human. Um, The Greek for what he did then is he limited himself divinely when he was here on the earth. Okay? He limited himself. It's called kenosis. You don't need to remember that. But it's called kenosis where he uh, voluntarily, temporarily limited his divine abilities. We read an illustration last week about the fastest sprinter in the world and he's in a three-legged race now he still possesses the fact that he's the fastest sprinter in the world but he has voluntarily tied his leg to another one and he has limited himself for the purpose of this race okay and that's what jesus did philippians 2 um outlines that real clearly and that that would be probably the best uh, basis of that so we've got jesus who's fully divine and fully human yet without sin everybody say without sin Let's, let's establish a little bit of this with Scripture. Um, and Jesus said that he always did what pleases the Father. Look here in John 8, uh, verse 29. And he who sent me, and this is Jesus speaking, he who sent me, who sent him? God the Father. He who sent me is with me. The Father, and there he's revealed, the Father has not left me alone. And then here's the phrase that we're after. For I always do those things that please him. Jesus said, I always do those things that please him. Let's look here. Uh, Paul talks about he had no sin. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he, God, made him Jesus who knew what? No sin to become what? Sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, in him. And so he knew no sin. He took sin on for us on the cross. And then Peter. Peter talks about him being a lamb. Let's look here in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Knowing that you, say that's me. You are not redeemed with corruptible things. Like silver or gold. You can't buy this, folks. From your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But... You were redeemed, insert that, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Now get this, this is so powerful. This is throughout the whole Bible. As of a lamb, everybody say a lamb. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now we won't go into it all tonight, but you go back into the Old Testament and you would have the Levitical sin sacrifice. And this would be a lamb. And the lamb that was going to be offered or sacrificed to shed blood, as a foreshadowing of Jesus' coming, okay? This was a type, a shadow of what was to come. And this was only temporary into the, in the Old Testament until the real had come, until Jesus came. And we'll, we'll see that a little bit further in a moment. But that lamb that was sacrificed, you know, it, it, couldn't, it, it couldn't be with blemish it it was without spot it was without blemish it was a perfect animal are y'all with me it's like i've heard this before you know don't be giving god no one eyed chickens you know so it's like this was your sacrifices to god were without spot and without blemish when they were doing animal sacrifices so here we see that the lamb of god without sin uh, also in 1st peter 2:22 speaking of jesus who committed what no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. John said this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 5. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Anybody glad about that? Did, did y'all have any sins? And he took them away. And you don't have to carry the guilt, the shame, pay the penalty for that. So I'm going to just ask you again. Anybody glad that he carried away our sins? Okay, there we go. All right. See, and let me just stop. Book, bookmark right there. When we constantly get exposed to holy truth, if we don't respond from our heart to that, and I'm not talking about you got to stand up on your chair and, you know, throw shoes and stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. But never, never let holy truths such as that just glide by. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because when you do that, you allow your heart to harden you start to you start to just get numb and used to holy things and so let's church as believers if we're believers I mean let's celebrate those things, catch hold of that and so I'm just going to all right we'll rewind here and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. anybody glad about that and and in him and in him there is no sin and even in his trial before Pilate, Pilate washed his hands and he said you know i I know you got the whole town all whipped up here he said i find no fault in this man and they were trying to find specific things and he he said you know i'm looking at all this and he said i find i find no fault in him what usually precedes sin we're talking about him being sinless what usually precedes sin temptation temptation And uh, we're also going to learn tonight how to overcome temptation. I know none of y'all have it, you know, Wednesday night crew, Teflon. All right. Temptation in and of itself is not sin. Okay, please know that. If you're tempted to do something... Where is that going on? Where is the battle going on? It's actually in your soul. If you'll remember, we talk, talked about that. And it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's going to appeal to one of those things about you, First John says. And so temptation in and of itself is, is not sin. It's when you give in to that sin. Temptation is a solicitation. It's an invitation to do evil. To do something contrary to what God would want you to do, and we have to be careful of temptation. Yes. Don't play with it. I heard about little boy and the mom heard him in the kitchen, and heard the cookie jar lid. She said, "Willie, where are you?" I said, "I'm in the pantry." She said, "What are you doing?" I'm fighting temptation. Don't get close to stuff. Are you all with me? You know why you're laughing? Fighting temptation. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. For we do not have a high priest. Let me qualify this. We do have a high priest and he is who? Jesus. Jesus is our high priest. We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. So invert that. We have a high priest who can sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are. You see that? In all points, in every manner, tempted as we are, help me out, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted. We're going to look at that in just a moment. Powerful. Jesus was tempted, yet he was without sin. And... You say, how, how can that be? Um, I'm going to show you kind of how this worked. And, and to me, this is just powerful. In Matthew 4, Luke 4, and then also in um, Mark 1, but Matthew and Luke's accounts of this are more complete, where Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And part of the express purpose of that was to be tempted by the devil. Okay? Okay. And you say, why would that happen? Because if you will catch what happened there, you're going to live in such a better level of victory. Y'all with me? Okay, so Jesus is in the wilderness and the scripture reveals, and we won't won't read the whole account right now. Uh, When he had been there 40 days, after he had fasted for 40 days, he was what? Hungry. He was tired. Mark's account says he even had to deal with, you ready for this? Wild beasts. And he, was, he did not have an RV. And the, all the Coleman equipment and Bear grills there to help him. He did not, he didn't have all that. And so he's out there. And now when he's hungry and when he's tired, when he's very vulnerable, guess what? Same thing for you. The devil comes, Satan comes. And he comes to steer Jesus away from relying on God. And I'm going to show this to you a little more clearly in a moment. He came to steer him away from relying on God. Same with you. He came to divert him from the plan that God had. And he came also to ultimately disqualify Jesus. To disqualify him. Same thing he's trying to do with you. To get him off the plan, to get him away from relying on God and disqualify him ultimately from being the sacrifice, of being the Messiah, being the one anointed to deliver us. If you're still with me, say something here tonight, okay? Because I don't want you to miss this here. Again, he came after he'd fasted 40 days. He was hungry. He dealt with wild beasts. He's tired. He's been in the elements and this is, this is a point I want to make, and we'll come back on, a, on this in just a moment. And the whole time he was there, remember hypostatic union, the whole time he's there, he is not relying upon the divine part of himself. Don't miss that. He is not relying on the divine part of himself at that point. Okay? Think about that. So the devil comes along then and tries to appeal to and... Uh, provoke the divine part of him. He says, you're hungry. You don't have to be hungry. He said, you could right now. Uh, Let me back up. He appeals. He's provoking the divine part because he says this. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God, then come on, do the divine stuff. Turn these stones into bread and, Ta-da! Jesus, you won't be hungry anymore. And Jesus answered him with the, with the word of God. He said, It is written. And overcame that temptation. Okay? And let me just go over these real quick. First of all, to get him to satisfy his hunger by turning stones to bread. So he's, he's trying to provoke that divine side of him. Jesus is there as a man remember hypostatic here he also tried to tempt him to hey you can receive glory and honor if you'll just submit to me if you'll just worship me the devil was saying instead of god he said if if you'll do that i'll go ahead and give you we we shortcut all this all this other stuff you have to do you're here to ultimately get the devil knew this to get the glory of all the nations of all the kingdoms he said i can go ahead and give it to you now if you'll just bow down and worship but he's a liar amen okay and so Jesus overcame. How did he overcome that one? Karate. No, with the word of God, with the word of God. And then thirdly, he was trying to get him to jump from the pinnacle of the temple and force God into sight, some kind of spectacular rescue, which would bring you all kinds of fame and notoriety and uh, goodness of God if you just cast yourself down because the word you've been quoting the word at me Jesus uh said that the angels would would bear you up and you 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 know you'd be all you'd be all right and Jesus answered him with what with the word of God and he overcame every temptation now I hope I can get this across right he overcame every temptation and the only thing that he used was the word of God okay the only thing he used was the word of God. And see, sometimes we look, well, Jesus was tempted and he overcame because he's the son of God. But see, he resisted that. If you're the son of God, do this. Could he, as the son of God, have done any of those things? Absolutely. Turn, turn stones to bread easy. You know, and so he was trying to pull him out of what he was doing there. And what Jesus was doing there, he subjected himself as a man. He's called Son of God. He's also called Son of Man. When he was in the desert, was he the Son of God? Yes, Yes, fully, completely, all the time. But he chose to kenosis. He chose to limit himself. Limit himself. And he was there because if he was out there 40 days, 40 nights, I mean, there would have been no problem. We would have been strong in everything else, okay? And now the devil comes. He overcame every temptation. Note this. The devil questioned the divine aspect of Jesus. He said, if you're the son of God, while knowing that he was physically weak, that he was hungry, that he was human. And this is the point that I want to get to real quick here. Uh, Jesus overcame. Everybody say, "He he overcame. He overcame, look at me, as a human... He overcame as a human, using human strength, resolve, human memory, intellect, and thirdly, using God's word. Look at me. You can do it. You can do it. Notice what he did, too. This temptation happened after 40 days where he was worn down. You know, so, well, even if you're worn down, if you'll have the resolve that he did, just the commitment, and you as a human, use the word of God, you too can overcome. What is the devil trying to get him to do? Just cheat a little, Jesus, come on. Use a little of that divine stuff. Whoop something up here. And in doing so, to satisfy what, what the needs were, but Jesus had laid that down, Philippians 2 tells us. And had he gone ahead, and that's what the devil was tempting him to do, it would have short-circuited his obedience to God and it would have disqualified him ultimately to be our Messiah. Y'all with me so far on that? Look in 1 Peter um, 1, verse 19 again. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. And we looked at this earlier. I always do what the Father... Wants me to do. He was without sin. We established all that. But it's with the precious blood of Christ. This is how we're redeemed. As of a lamb without blemishes, without spot. Do you remember when Abraham and Isaac, God told Abraham, go offer up your son, your only son, Isaac. And they went up into the mountain. He said, son, you know, bring, bring the wood and so forth. And they got up there and we're going to do sacrifice. And Isaac asked a question. He said, well, where's, where's the lamb? What are we going to offer here? Because Abraham hadn't filled him in completely yet. And Abraham said something that prophetically was then fulfilled with the coming of Jesus. He said, God will provide for himself the lamb. God will provide for himself the lamb. And did he on that day? He did. There was a, a ram, a lamb caught in the in the thicket and that became the sacrifice. Why? So that Isaac could go free okay the same for us now he was a lamb without blemish without spot without defect implying that if he were not sinless and and if we had the time we would go back into leviticus and we would look at levitical law of what was required of the sacrifice that foreshadows the sacrifice that jesus was for us y'all still with me on this okay so If he were not not sinless, then he would not have been a suitable sacrifice for our sins. So when writers or liberal theologians say that he had sin, then if that's true, then we are in big trouble. Because the sacrifice has to be without spot and without blemish. And Jesus is the Lamb of God, the perfect, sinless lamb of God without spot and without blemish and he fully qualified to be the lamb of God to take away the sins of the world so if Jesus had as the lamb if he had spot if he had blemish if he had sin then first of all he doesn't qualify to be the sacrifice and secondly he would need a savior himself that's right okay but he's sinless look at this in in a John chapter 1 verse 29. The next day John, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and he said. Now this is the, this is the breaking in. Okay, this is the breaking in. This is, this is Jesus coming on the scene. And he says, behold. Everybody say, behold. behold. That means everybody stop, look, listen, pay attention. Behold. John saw him coming. And this is a moment. And he said, the Lamb of God. Everybody say, the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. Now, if he's going to take away the sin of the world, he has to be without spot, without blemish. He is sinless. All right. I want to make two big points and then we're going to wrap this up tonight. By being the spotless, sinless Lamb of God, he paid for our sins. And he saved us from eternal death. You know, you know, no, no, no. If I was your teacher and I said, you've got no homework for a month. Y'all go nuts. Okay. Jesus, the sinless, spotless lamb of God paid for my sins, paid for your sins Okay, listen, that lamb that they would take and offer and sacrifice, it had to be because God said it has to be this way. Well, our redemption, our sin, our failure demanded payment. The wages of sin is death. Somebody's going to die for our sins. And because we were so flawed, even if we died in our sins, it cannot pay for our sins. Because we are not a suitable sacrifice. So we're left in our sins. And we have eternal death. But God so loved the world. That he sent his son. John saw him coming and said. Behold the lamb of God. Implying totally. Sinless. Spotless. Without blemish. Perfect. He's come to take away. That that right there swallows and pulls into the now the entire Old Testament. The Lamb of God. Here, it's all fulfilled. The Lamb of God Amen. takes away Thank you, Lord. the sin of the world. Amen. My sins, your sins. And you and I are rescued. Say, I'm rescued. Yes. You're rescued from eternal death. You are rescued from eternal death and he brought eternal life instead this is good news hallelujah now here's the other part and this is this is about equally as exciting okay he paid for our sins he saved us from eternal death but here's the other thing and I want us to get this going to empower you tonight and he set the example for us he set the example for us him being sinless what, what did we say usually precedes sin Temptation. He set the example for us. I'm going to ask you again. How many of you are tempted sometimes? Okay. You don't have to respond to this one outwardly, but I want you to make sure you're, it's ringing on the inside. Some of you even have what would be called maybe a stronghold or habit in your life that continues to tempt you. And as you continue to give into it, it continues to gain more mastery over you. Okay? And then it dominates your life. And it's a habit. And it's a stronghold. And you don't have to acknowledge to anybody outwardly right now anything. But you can be free from that. You you can be free from that. Pastor Ron. That's that's $10 for missions. Okay. I love you, buddy. I'll pay it for you. I love you that much. Where was I? <laughs> Y'all love Pastor Ron. I do. Uh, uh, okay, temptation. See, sometimes we've gotten the wrong mindset and we think, well, you know, I can't overcome this. And now you're a decade, two decades where that's just a habit. It's just a stronghold. And it might be known or it might be secret in your life and it just goes on and there's all kinds of addictions and every every other kind of thing and then you just kind of you and the devil wants to get you to this place to just default it's like well I'm just going to do it anyway why, why resist? Yeah, yeah. and I'll tell you why you need to resist because even though you're forgiven of your sins and we talked about this a few weeks ago when you go ahead and give in to temptation and you sin it drains joy it drains confidence it drains life you 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 are. Uh, you'll carry a sense of unrighteousness. It separates you out of fellowship with God. That's where your joy is. That's where your strength is. You'll never be a bold witness for God. You won't be able to fully step into all that he's wanting you to do, that he designed you to do. Because now this thing's kind of gotten a hold of your life or these things have gotten a hold in your life. And I have good news for you. Jesus came not just to pay the price for our sins and not just to rescue us from eternal death. But he came to set an example for you. It is so deliberate, so intentional. He went into the desert and said, I'm laying down divine attributes right now and i'm going to wander into the desert i'm going to make myself so vulnerable so weak and as a human hypostatic union as a human using the word of god i will overcome the devil i will overcome the devil he did that as an example for us when you are tempted Think about Jesus. Hebrews tells us that. Consider Jesus. Knowing that we too can resist. Say, I can resist. I can resist. And you can overcome. Look here, look here 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation. Say it, no temptation. No temptation has overtaken you. Say, that's me. No temptation has overtaken or come to you except such as is... What? Common to including Jesus? But God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. Watch this. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. He limits it. He will, I, I'd heard this years ago. He would, if you're in the boxing ring and you're fighting an opponent, he is not going to allow an opponent in that ring with you that can beat you. But with the temptation, everybody say with the temptation. Will we'll also not only limit it so that you're able, gosh. I mean, you know that everything you've given into, you're able to overcome it. And this is not to give you condemnation tonight. This is to what? To set you free for the future. But with the temptation, we'll also make the way of escape that you may be able to. Let's read that verse again. Terry, can we bring that all back up again? No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, including Jesus, who was in all points tempted like you were, yet without sin. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, your own personal capacity. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Somebody say something here tonight. Amen. All right. So, Jesus, sinless Christ, was the sacrifice for my sins, your sins, not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. And he rescued us. From eternal death. And he set the example for us. I mean, it is so clear right there. He set the example for us. It's part of the reason why he came. Because it had to be a man that would die for us. Because that's who committed sin. And then he showed us how to live as men, as mankind, dependent on God's word. So as you look at Jesus in temptation... And can I just insert this for you? And I can't totally prove this, but I don't know, maybe some of you, but Satan himself has not come to you and tempted you. He's not omnipresent. I'm letting that soak for a minute. So probably he himself personally, he's got bigger fish to fry, so to speak. But there are demons and fallen dark spirits that come under his auspices, under that evil power. Are you following me? Yes. And don't, don't worry too much about this. The thing is, temptation is temptation, and ultimately it comes from the devil. Amen. Okay? Well, the devil himself showed up with Jesus, weak, vulnerable, hungry, could have just smooshed him right there jesus could have smushed the devil he could have done anything that you know he could have turned the bread to uh, the stone to bread any anything like it but this is the thing he overcame and and just real quick and i'm gonna wrap this up this is what i see of jesus he was committed to god's plan he was submitted to god no i'm not going to worship anybody else i'm going to worship only god he resisted you know stay out of the cookie jar Okay, remember the little boy? Stay away from stuff. If stuff pulls on you, the long way is better than the wrong way. I'll say it again. The long way is better than the wrong way. He resisted, and here's the other thing he did. He knew the word of God. And so whatever the devil brought up to him, he said, no. Because it is written. That's the tool. That's the weapon that he used. So submit yourself to God. Get committed to God's plan for your life. Resist. James says you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And use the word of God. Amen? Amen. Jesus, sinless, spotless, Lamb of God, Savior, Christ, Messiah, did it all for us. And then showed us how you and I, starting in six weeks, no, starting now... Starting now, we can overcome. Because he overcame, we can overcome. Now, I have to go back. Hypostatic union. Do not hear me say he was not fully God. The whole time he was here, still fully God. But kenosis, he chose to limit himself, to lay down those divine attributes and powers so that he could live as a man. He took on the form of a servant. Read Philippians chapter 2. He lived this out just like you and I. Tempted just like you and I. But at all points, every way that you could be tempted, he was tempted. That's just in the wilderness. Don't you know he had, he had temptations in the market and the village and, and all kinds of other places. I'm sure sometimes he was tempted to just, you know, people harassing him. Call down lightning. See, I know I probably would have. Just watching and listening to the news today. Oh, if I had some powers, I could fix everything quickly you know but he chose to just limit himself and show us how it's done and remain qualified as the as the sacrificial lamb for us and fulfill the plan of god we could go on and on but this is so beautiful this is good news tonight thank god that he is sinless amen amen did you get anything at all out of this